It's the Stinking Truth Podcast with your host, Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey guys, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. I am your host, Mark Schlereth, along with my co-host, Mike Evans, a millennial Ben producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app, check them out at betrivers.com. Also, the great guys over at uh, Dude Wipes. Man, love my guys at Dude Wipes. Check them out at dudeproducts.com. That's dudeproducts.com. Use the promo code STINK15 to get yourself 15% off all the Dude products. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Still uh, basking in that that Super Bowl. It was... uh... Good, not great Super Bowl, I thought. Good, yeah, good, but not great. I thought it was I mean, the finish was really good. I thought it was a I thought it was a good game. It had a lull there kind of in the third quarter. But um bottom line, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are saying, and I don't think it's hyperbole. I mean, I we're always kind of prisoners of the moment, right? A recent a recent biasy or no, bias bias recency. Recency I, bias. Recency bias? I backward I I I'll do that occasionally, man. I'll backward something. I'll I'll flip those letters around. I, it's my dyslexia. Uh recency bias. Okay, we'll go with that. Is that what it is? That let's do that. So that I mean that happens to all of us, right? We get but I've heard it and and I think it's probably true. Maybe the best playoffs we've ever seen here the last six, seven games. I'm good with been, that. Yep. Has, it just been a remarkable playoff season. So all the twists and turns and the Walk-off kicks, walk-off touchdowns, overtime games. And then, of course, this one came down the last drive. And uh, your best players, the two last drives, offensively for the Rams and defensively for the Rams, your two best players. Your, you know, there was a, there was a coach back in the Minnesota days. Remember, uh, oh, God, Jerry Burns? Yeah. Jerry, Jerry Burns, Burns used to yeah. go, ah, 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 all you big knockers, you big knockers. The big knockers got to make big plays. So the big knockers. Came out and did some knocking. Well, I got to give you credit, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. <laughs> Wait a minute. Just take your time on this. Yeah, make sure I get it right. Right, get it right. Okay. And, and you know, I mean, take five or ten minutes. <laughs> to, to lay it all out? To lay out what I was right again, right about again. Go ahead. Well, before the season began, you said that the somewhat controversial Rams acquisition of Matthew Stafford was a great move. You insisted that pay no attention to his record in Detroit, that this is an elite quarterback. You were one of the first ones to, to kind of go out on that Stafford limb. You got paid off by that. Um, and then throughout the course of the season, well, last couple of seasons, but you reiterated again this year, Aaron Donald is the best football player on the planet. And I think that was yeah. proven to be the case. Aaron Donald is a freak show. Um, by the way, Matthew Stafford, how about that? You know, that that concept that they ran, that two-man concept where they ran a little, uh, just a little, like, curl underneath or a little arrow underneath, and they ran a post behind it, kind of almost a pin, like where you're, you're like, doing something on an end with a post behind it, but it just a little stop route. And Aaron Rodgers... Or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers. I got a Rodgers on my mind because <laughs> um, if we live in Denver here, we're right. hoping that Aaron Rodgers will be pining for him. Matthew Stafford just eyeballs the underneath route. I mean, just completely eye humps him. 
You know, I mean, and the safety just jumps it. And then no look sidearm into the tightest window. I mean, that thing was tighter than mouse nuts, that window. And Cooper Cup gets it for a huge completion on that final drive, you know, that gets them the touchdown. Just unbelievable throw. Maybe one of the best throws I've ever seen. It just was an incredible throw. And then, you know, they 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 drive down, they score the game, go ahead, touchdown, and make it 23-20. And then who, you know, who shows up in that last drive to basically put the kibosh to the Cincinnati Bengals? It's Aaron Donald on third down and one, stopping the run, and then fourth and one, empty, him beating the guard, hitting, you know, hitting Joe Burrow. For all intents and purposes, should have been a sack. Joe Burrow was able to throw the ball away, but it didn't matter. Um you know what's it, it did matter because if Aaron Rodgers or excuse me Aaron Rodgers there again Oof, we got an issue here yeah if Aaron Donald gets that sacked he's probably the MVP if that goes down as a recorded sack because then he would have had three sacks then he probably is the MVP probably Boy, they do not want to give it to a defensive player do they no they don't but they at least, last year Devin White should have been the right, MVP but at least they gave it to Cup because. I, I thought for sure three three touchdown passes and the uh, you know the the finally climbing the mountaintop story of Matthew Stafford would be too much to resist that he'd get the MVP. Well, but people that they can't. Gave it people people wouldn't is, be able to get over the two interceptions though, which were yeah, one was it effectively on a third and fourteen was a punt into the end zone, and the other one was um, was basically a rookie wide receiver stopped running a route went off his hand and got intercepted. So I, like that one to me is not. Neither of those are egregious mistakes by Matthew Stafford. You know, to me, what made Stafford's performance yesterday, I think, stand out over anything else he did this year, was the idea of the great quarterback is that they can take less and make more, right? Right. Well, think about what he was dealt yesterday. No Robert Woods. Right. And then Odell Beckham Jr. goes out early. Higby is out. Higby's out. So you got no uh, and, Woods, and no OBJ, no Higby. The number two tight end is out. He he right. hurt his Blanton. shoulder. Yeah. And so, so then it was Hopkins. Hopkins, Skoronic. Skoronic. Uh Van Jefferson. Um, you had uh Daryl Henderson, who hadn't played at all throughout the course of the right. playoffs. He's there was out a, there. Yeah, there was another They're throwing wheel routes to him. Yeah, there was an I mean, there it was unbelievable. It was uh, and and then when push came to shove, though, in that last drive. Yep. I don't care if you're double team Cooper Cup. I don't care what the situation is. You're you're getting the football. I tell you, it was it was absolutely amazing. Let me ask you this: the um, holding slash pass interference was it holding or what? Whatever it was on on Wilson, the linebacker at the end. There, third down. I think it was third down and eight, um, and they're running you know some type of shallow cross, and and they get. Uh, Cooper Cup matched up on Logan Wilson, the uh, who had an outstanding yeah. game, by the way, an absolutely outstanding game. What did you think of the call in that particular situation? You know, I thought it was a wonderfully officiated game. At one point, I think midway through the third quarter, I, I turned to my son and said, how many flags have they thrown? Right. And, and the only flags they had thrown were really the ones, you know, you, you had to call, like a false start or a delay a game, but there was very little in the way of judgment penalties, mm-hmm. holding, mm-hmm. PI, that kind of thing. I mean, they let the one 
on T. Higgins. It should have been an offensive pass interference go. Right. So the fact that there were more flags at the end of the game does give you a pause. But it, I mean, it's almost like, you know, look if if the, the Lakers are playing in a game close at the end and they thump the ball low to LeBron James, LeBron's going to get the call. And in this case, if Cooper Cup is matched up on a linebacker, you got to make the call. Right. I think, it, I think it was I think it was a classic like I don't people I keep hearing people say ticky tack. Um I thought it was ultimately the way officials and I've got a couple of officials that I that I talk to every now and again just to kind of get the the feel, the overall feel. If you impede the opportunity for the receiver to catch the ball with contact, and you make that receiver's body adjust, they're told they got to call that. They got to make that call. And now I will give Logan Wilson credit because I've talked to a lot of DBs about this technique. And they always say, when you're going to grab and you're going to hold, you know where you want to grab a guy? Where you're going to most likely get away with a holding call or a PI on his hip. Mm-hmm. Turn his body from his hip because it's the hands down low. It's it's more there's there's more body parts. There's more body mass. Um, when you get up around the shoulders and everything else in the arm, they see that if you can tug by the hip, because this this goes back to this goes back to in theory. Even when when I was playing, Mike, we used to coach what you could get away with from a holding standpoint. Call it. I mean the. The technique is called the tug technique. And like we literally coach what you can get away with, what gets called, what doesn't get called, and where you can hold guys and get away with it. And that was a textbook, mm-hmm. a textbook foul by Logan Wilson that probably seven out of ten times doesn't get called. It's a there's a there's a theory or a technique mm-hmm. behind it and he did turn the body of Cooper Cup and so by, if that's if that's Van Jefferson by letter by letter of the law right by letter of the law it's the right call but you're 100% right if it's Skoranek it doesn't get called if it's Van Jefferson probably doesn't get called if it's uh what was it the backup tight end Hopkins yep if he comes it probably doesn't get called, but it's Cooper Flippin' Cup. Offensive MVP of the league. Triple crown. Triple crown. That, that's that's one where you gotta understand who you're playing against. And listen, and, and I don't I don't blame Logan Wilson. That doesn't bother me. It was uh, really nicely executed. It but by letter of the law it was, and so I don't mind the the, the penalty there doesn't bother me. So from the Bengals standpoint, what what went wrong? Because they took control of this game. They got the turn. Uh, they got the touchdown right off the bat in in the at the beginning of the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, then they get the turnover, and now they got the lead. Right. I think what happened after that. I think there's a couple things, Mike, that I will look at going back, and I, I I'm excited to go and watch the coach's tape of this film. Um, because I'm that big a nerd that that's what I do. By the way, folks, we're talking about the, 
the commercials. I'm like, wow, what'd you think of that Sopranos commercial? Huh? That was really cool. Right. Mark, never seen an episode of the Sopranos. I'm like, your idea of binge watching is, hey, let's go back and look at week six of the NFL. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go rewatch all the games. I'm going to go binge watch, <laughs> binge watch week six. Um, so I thought, I thought a couple of things. One, we always talk about how important players are. And we talk about, uh, like, Aaron Donald being the best player in football. But the adjustment that Raheem Morris made so that Aaron Donald could get free in that third quarter, in that second half, is really the difference in that game. So when you think about what they were doing, they were rushing four, and they were basically playing coverage because they knew how good T. Higgins, Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase are. right. So they wanted to be able to get double teams on guys. They didn't want to give up a bunch of one-on-one coverage situations. So... They basically were just trying to get there with four. Well, by getting there with four, you're you're leaving the opportunity, if executed, to to get double teams on ninety nine throughout the whole game, right? And then you can chip and still get releases on the outside. So that's what they did, and they really limited Aaron Donald in his first eighteen plays. You know, his first I think eighteen pass rate. He got no, he got no pressures, no sacks, no nothing, and so they did a really good job. Then, and I thought Chris Collinsworth did a great job of pointing this out, they started overloading, bringing in extra guys, overloading one side, blitzing a linebacker on the other side to to create one-on-one matchups with the back. But really what it was is to create one-on-one matchups with Aaron Donald on guards. And once they started doing that, then Aaron Donald was wreaking havoc in the backfield once he kept getting one-on-one. So I thought that part was... They made on the on the Rams side defensively. They made an adjustment. You, on the Bengals side, really didn't. And when you're talking about mixing, averaging almost five yards a carry, and you know having some nice runs, and basically only getting 15 runs. I I don't know what his second half numbers were, on how many runs he got in the second half, but like. Again, I will I will continue to defer to hey man, when you're running the ball that effectively, you got to keep running it. You got to set up the play action, and the two fourth down and ones that didn't convert. Basically, Joe Mixon into the game, and you're going empty. And I understand you believe in Joe Burrow. I believe in Joe Burrow too, but I want to make you as a defense have to defend everything. I know, like I'll, I, I will never ever understand. Let's go empty in these situations and not make the defense at least think. Like, hey man, for no other reason, I'm putting it back in the backfield so Aaron Donald just can't pass rush on fourth down and one. Like if you're in fourth down and one, and you're going to go one on one with Aaron Donald, wouldn't you rather have at least? The opportunity for me as an offensive lineman to come off the ball a little bit, upkick him a little bit, sell the run because he's got at least, at least, call it 25, 75, at least 25% has got to be, man, I got to defend the run. I, I, I will never, ever, ever understand why you would ever just give somebody the opportunity to say, oh, uh, you guys are going to be one-dimensional? Great. 
It's what you've been saying throughout the entire year, though. How many offensive play callers can't wait for an excuse to give up the run, give up on the run, or in this case, even show run? Yeah, absolutely. So both of those plays, to me, um, tough. By by the way, analytics people hate my guts, which I love that they hate me because you know me. As soon as Cincinnati didn't convert on the 50-yard line on that fourth down and one in the – was it the first quarter? I think it was the first quarter. first quarter. Um, I couldn't wait to bust the nerds, you know, the the overall – the balls of all the analytics nerds about how that didn't work. You know, they come at me with a bunch of numbers about statistically proven that if you do it more than often than not, you're right? All that garbage. Well, it was, it was, yeah. Uh, fourth and one at the Rams 49. Still yeah. only five minutes into the game. Five minutes into Punt the game. Punt the ball. You know, and, and, and here's you know, what it, the analytics nerds don't understand. Okay. You know, they were like, well, boomer. You don't understand the blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, analytics nerd here, millennial, you don't understand. You think that because you can crunch some numbers, it makes you a football expert. Have you ever come off the goal line? Have you ever pinned somebody back deep, you know, inside the five-yard line? Have you ever had to block people coming off the five-yard line? And their their defensive line was dominating the football game. They couldn't run it two inches. Have you ever been in that position? And you think about this from an offensive standpoint. You can't run the ball. You're pinned inside the 10. You're coming off your own goal line. Do you, do you know how, like, the percentage of plays that it negates out of your offense? You think it's, it might, Mike, it might be close to 50% mm-hmm. of your playbook you can't run inside the 10-yard line. And they already shut your ass down running the football. Do you understand what an advantage that is for you as a football team? That was just, I'm sorry, I don't care what the analytics say. Common sense, understanding football says you don't do that. And what happened? Gave them a short field, they ran right down and scored a touchdown. Well, I think also what adds to it, too, is that you you had just really stuffed the Rams on the first possession. Right. They had it. I think they, they ran four or five plays, and mm-hmm. you sacked Matthew Stafford. You put him into a third and 17. You forced a punt. Yeah. So you, you were already armed with the knowledge that yeah. you, could, well, by you, the could, way, you on, could come out and play defense. Yeah, on fourth down and, or third down and 17, they ran a draw. And, and lost yardage. Yeah, so because they were like, a, they're yeah. like, hey, we don't want to face this defense. Right. So instead of going for it, but I get it. You you, you know, you're. You probably had Zach Taylor. Zach what, Taylor probably had a, on the bottom of his play sheet. It probably yeah. said something like, you know, be, be aggressive. Be aggressive. You be you. Or, yeah. you know, whatever. That kind of now, stuff. Let me, let me ask you, for all the analytics nerds, get, okay, this is what I want you guys to send me. What are, the, what are the odds, okay, this is for analytics nerds, the odds of converting fourth down and one, okay, what are the odds of that fourth down and one play, what you would convert, versus the odds of going – Let's call it, um, let's say you drop it at the eight, going 92 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. What's the, what are, what are the, what's the better odds? Like, and I would tell you it's harder to go 92, put a 92 yard touchdown drive together than it is that that's the odds are longer. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, it it's but then again, if he if they get one yard, and they get 
Yeah. Four new downs, and they go down, and they kick a field goal, or score a touchdown. Now you're like, look at this. This is this is what the young, offensive-minded coaches do. They're yeah. aggressive. I get it. They they have a new way of looking at the game. They merge play calling mm-hmm. with analytics, and here you go. But I would like to know uh, one other thing really quick. It just popped into my mind. What my kicking brethren, the guys that I actually like, what what they made of uh, what's the kid's name Evan McPherson? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, there's a reason why kickers aren't given their proper respect. Like, don't try to pretend that you're football players, right? right? Don't like when you can leave the locker room and nobody misses you, so you can go watch the halftime show. Yeah, like that is you automatically you don't get to consider yourself a football player. The guy's been nails though. The guy was Doesn't awesome. Matter. I thought it was kind of cool that this uh, guy this yeah. guy is on such a roll that he's like you know, what what do they need me in the locker room for halftime adjustments? No. Anybody going to miss me? No. I'm just going to go walk out of here, sit on the bench. Cameras are going to catch me. Mm-hmm. He's a kicker, Mark. I He's a kicker who, you know what, has enough awareness of the moment and how well he's kicking to actually do a little brand building. <laughs> now you got kickers building brands. How about that? I'm telling you what. this huh? the, To me, you know, as Pat McAfee always says, it's a, for the brand. This was a black eye for the brand. It just, again, you know, you're trying to garner respect. How hard it is. Oh, kick it so hard, man. There's so much pressure on you. Oh, it's just, man, these guys are great football players. You know, what athletes? Da, 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 but they're out, you know, <laughs> drinking a Pepsi and having a hot dog and watching the halftime show. Yeah, I'm using a hot dog. That would have been next level. Dude, I'm just like this guy. Yeah, yeah no, that's right. That's like I told you. They're, they're campus leavers. Yeah, I know. They are campus You're just, leavers. I think there's a little – I never thought I'd say this, but I think that there's some, um, some hidden – not animosity – but hidden jealousy. No, that you have not, to... it's not hidden. It's jealousy. It's just straight up jealousy. Jealous. Okay, you're jealous. Yeah. Okay. Like that's the easiest thing in the world. All right, well. I mean, obviously, kicking is not easy. Yeah. But it's yeah. once you're a good kicker, like, come on, <laughs> kicking, <laughs> unbelievable, <laughs> just unreal. All right, we got it. Now you. Now we move on to the next season of the NFL, mm-hmm. which is what we like to call the player procurement. Season, right. free agency, trades, yes. the draft. It's a whole season unto itself. And you know what? For a lot of people, it actually maybe is more fun than the actual regular season of football. I know. And who's going to be available? Who's going like, to be available? I mean, there Quarterbacks. are Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Russell Jimmy Wilson. Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. Carson Wentz. Is uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, maybe. Could he become part of that? Yep. Because apparently, you know, things are not uh, things are not good in Arizona. That's right. I mean, gosh, we've got the NFL is just a gift that continues to Absolutely. give 24-7. God bless. And we'll be here for every step of the way. Yeah. Hey, we're not stopping. No. Why would we? Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stink of Truth podcast, for Mike, myself, Millennial Ben, we thank you so much for listening. Hey, we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We're going to continue to pump out two of these a week or so. Every now and again, it'll be one, you know, depending on my uh, – my schedule. Your schedule. And Mike. I'm you know, here Mike, for two. I'm here for two. Well, you take some vacation. Yeah, every, bit, yeah. 
Yeah, you do. So, uh, but we'll still pump these out, and uh, we thank you so much for listening. For everybody involved in the Stinking Truth podcast, like I said, Mike, myself, Millennial Ben, want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Also, the great folks over at Dude Wipes. Check them out, dudeproducts.com um, slash stink15 for 15% off. Also, make sure you check out stinkinggood.com for the green chili. You're absolutely going to love it. For Mike, myself, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with you later in the week.